Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. Come on. All right, tonight I have the night off. Uh, kidding. Sorry. Like, about time. Uh, so it's going to be awesome. But what we do have is if you think I'm up to like 16, this guy is about to wreck shop. And I firmly believe that um, during our January series, we had a series called Voices, and it was awesome. And he preached for the first time here at Takeover Church. Not the first time in his life, obviously, because he crushed it, but his first time here. So this is his second time. Would you guys give it up for one of our marriage counselors here at Takeover Church, Dave Viney? Come on! Louder! Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to do when people cheer for me. I'm used to booze. No, uh, (laughs) there's hockey stories coming. Um, Yeah, I I am overwhelmed right now. I want to talk for just a second about Matt. Um, I don't know if you guys realize the gift that you have. Uh, He's been here. He's friends with us all. We feel real familiar with him. We're real comfortable. Uh, Sunday after Sunday, he teaches the Bible like none other. This is amazing, the gift that God has given him in the way that he uses it. Yeah, it's okay to clap for him. The, uh, The guy puts together these series, and they're seamless. And even after tonight, he's given me the second week and a four week, is it? And so he doesn't even have any idea what I'm doing, but he's like, well, we'll just fix it. You know, no, he didn't say say that we'll fix it. But he's, uh, it's amazing to me the gift that that God has given this young man for the word and the way that he deals with it and the teaching and the love that the leadership here uh, has for people. This is something big. This is special, something that you're part of. And I want you... Um, what we're going to talk about tonight is the will of God, and you're going to see uh, how that ties into uh, what I just talked about, but that's not why I did it. I just think it's good to honor your pastor sometimes. Uh, it's a position that should be honored. It's a position that he realizes the weight of. Uh, I love the fact that he feels the weight of the position, but I also love the fact that he he can have fun. He can. He's concerned. He cares. Uh, he does the squeaky voice at the end of church news. I don't know what that is. I don't get that. But, you know, it's okay. So, uh, I did that. I walked in here tonight. Jacqueline Curtis, uh, sitting next to my mom here, uh, was one of our kids from our youth group. Uh, overwhelmed me. Uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, you're going to, uh, please don't tell anybody the end of any of these stories, but you've heard some of them already. Uh, there is a chance that you might hear a story about Jake. So, you know, we'll see what we do there. Um, she was uh, fantastic. This is the only pulpit they gave me, Jacqueline. Uh, I come into the youth room one night. You got to see Jacqueline. She weighs about 30 pounds. And she's, she's standing in front of me. Now, I'm standing behind her, uh, looking like the old guy that I am. And she's standing at the pulpit that I use to teach from. And she's doing the lean over that I do. And then she came across over here to make a point, And she's using her hand. And then she came back, and she sees me. And she had one of those, oh, my goodness, moments. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you do your job right, uh, you get blessed with kids like that. Uh, and so then... Yeah. Uh, then Rusty shows up uh, wearing a shirt uh, from the most amazing hockey team that ever skated. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, probably the best team ever in the world. No, Matt, we aren't even going to go there because you're wrong on this. Uh, so I come in here and I'm thinking about the message that I have and how that's going to go. And then uh, the worship team does. So will I. Uh, yeah. Uh, what a beautiful name, nothing but the blood, it is well, uh, they did my message. Yeah. You know, we could, we, we could have just had the cookies and been gone. Uh, 
yeah, I am overwhelmed. So uh, we're going to pray real quick. I'm going to wipe the tears out of my eyes, and I'm going to see if I can read my notes. Father God, uh, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us. Thank you for the church and the leadership that you've provided. And just uh, ask you to be with me, help me to keep it together. I think we talked about this and me crying, so let's just uh, see what we can do. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dropped like uh, 45 Sudafeds about a half hour ago, so I was hoping that that would keep my eyes from tearing up. If you guys, if this is the first time that you've seen me, um, well, as a young guy, uh, I was very right. I wasn't very loving. Uh, I was... Uh, I knew the Bible. Uh, I've been in this business since uh, I tell people my mother uh, put me in a blanket when I was three days old and took me to my first Baptist church meeting. Uh, I was seven years old. Uh, I was sitting in uh, Sunday school class. The woman was talking about hell and how we could get out of it. And I went, yeah, I'm in for that. Uh, about 13, I felt like uh, I was called to the ministry. Uh, I also was struggling with what that meant, uh, because I thought that in order to be in the ministry, you had to give up everything that was fun in life. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, the two are the same. Uh, and so I hid from God uh, until I was about 18, 19 years old. Uh, met my wife. You guys are going to get the long history. Uh, met my wife, uh, who uh, grew up wanting to know about God, but had no connection to him. Had no church that taught him anything else. She tried to read the big coffee table Bible. I don't know if you guys, maybe some of the older people remember. They weighed about 100 pounds, and the pages were like, you know, 16 by 15. And, uh, yeah. And so... Uh, I started dating Jane, and I wanted to go to the movies, wanted to go to the mall, whatever, and she would say, uh, hey, before we do that, uh, can you tell me about the sovereignty of God and how the Bible works and how did we get that? And I'm like, holy smokes. I just wanted to go to the movie, and now we're going to have the fastest Bible class that I could ever teach. And that's probably where I learned how to talk fast was because her, her questions were great, and I wanted to answer them, but I also wanted to get on to, you know, the stuff that a 17-year-old boy wants to get on to. So uh, there was a big struggle in our life. Yeah, I, I, I can't lie. My mother's here. She's, she'd tell you the truth anyways. Uh, so anyways, that's what brings us to this point. Uh, what I want to do tonight, Matt is a great Bible teacher. Uh, he teaches in a long string and he makes his points and he builds on that. He builds an incredible foundation. Uh, what I do is I talk really fast for about 25 minutes. Uh, hopefully I get that uh, done in 25 minutes. I do about 25 minutes really fast. And what I want to give you is bumper sticker ideas that you can take home, that you can apply to your life, that you can try to use as the foundation's being built. I, I think uh, the two ways that we teach go together. They don't go apart. Uh, truth is truth, and you can use it no matter how it comes. But I, if you guys are expecting me uh, to build a long program out of this, it's probably not going to happen. It's going to be more. I'm going to tell you a lot of stories about, well, not a lot, but a few, about the things that I've done. Uh, so that not because I'm incredible for doing those things and getting over the things that I've done that were bad and wonderful, the things that I've done that were good. It's all God. Yeah. Uh, the days that I did bad, I didn't listen to him. The days that I did good, I leaned into it. That's all there is. And I want you guys to realize, I'm coming to you at 55 years old, and I want you to go, hey, maybe if I pick up the wisdom that he's got at 55, when when I'm 20, maybe I can go further than he did. That's what I want. That's the cheering that I want to do. So, last week uh, we did the beginning of the Entertainer series. Uh, we did patterns and rhythm. Uh, we asked, I should have asked who knew that, but uh, you know, I probably took a chance. Okay. Uh, we asked, we asked uh, who are we entertaining? What voices are we entertaining? What are we listening to? Uh, so tonight, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm trying to be an adult with this, Matt. Uh, week two, we're going to call it Entertaining Angels. How about that, huh? Because I tied it together. Let's talk, about, let's talk about if we're not going to listen to the voice that Matt told us about last week that's telling us to do horrible things to ourselves and to cheat on Jesus, then what voice do we want to listen to? Who do we want to listen to? Uh, what are the things that God's put in our past? So I want to talk a little bit 
about the will of God. Uh, how do we figure what that is? Uh, you know, I got to get closer to my notes because I'm leaning back a little bit. Uh, what I used to think uh, growing up. And I'm certain that probably some of you have seen that. I know we've seen movies in Hollywood where this is how it works. Uh, God is somehow interested in whatever makes us happy. He's going to make us happy, no matter what it is. If it's uh, going to take the lotto, if it's going to take a big car, going to take a nice girl, going to take whatever. Uh, winning team in hockey, because that team that I cheer for is horrible, but that's a whole different story. Obviously, prayer doesn't help your hockey team, because mine is out of the playoffs already. Oh, yeah, that's a, it's a terrible burden to carry. Uh, we can edit that, right? We can take that out of the podcast, because they will not let me in uh, Canada if I talk like that about their team. Uh, what I want us to know, uh, talking about this, is that there is a will. God has a will for you, and he has a will for us. There's a general role for all of us to play in this, in the kingdom of God, and then there's a role for each one of us individually to play. Uh, yeah. Who wants to know... Uh, let's see a show of hands now. This is the participation part. Who wants to know if there is a will for us that God has? Who wants to know what that is? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, growing up, I always felt like there was things that God wanted me to do, but I'm like, hey, God, if you would just give me a little more detail, you know, okay, so I felt like he wanted me to be in the ministry. I'm 13 years old. I have no idea what that means. Uh, it's easier for me to play baseball. Yeah, I just got that too. It's easier for me to play baseball than it is to uh, talk about Jesus. So what is your will for me, God? I want him to lay out every step. And there's a pastor out of Kalamazoo that I love that I uh, listen to his podcast and stuff, Joel Brooks. And Joel said, if God has called you to something and doesn't show you every step of the way, it's because he knows that you would never start if you knew all the things that you were going to have to deal with on the way. He called me uh, from the beginning. You know, here's little Dave Vine, and he's like, yeah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell people about me. So I figured that means you're a pastor, because that's what people do. That's you got to be a pastor in order to do that thing. So that's me down here on this end of the line. This is Dave Vining, the pastor. But I kept making a mess out of Dave Vining, the middle guy. What's he doing? How's that go? Uh, so let's open up uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2 there. Or 1 and 2, 1 through 2. That's weird. Janie, you got that for me? I love the Sky Bible. I just like to say that. Yep. Okay, so... Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, so from this passage, we know that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. We know that he has a will for us. That's about all I got out of that. Uh, I know that it's good. Uh, little Dave over here, 13 years old, he knew that the will was good, but he just wasn't sure how to put that into application. So I'm going to do something tonight that I've never done before. This is amazing. Uh, Rusty will know that this is a big deal. I'm going to use uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, out of the message. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, I know. You heard it, yeah. Because when, when the message came out... Uh, a little embarrassed by this, but I was one of the loudest voices against it. I'm like, well, if it was good, it'd be a translation. It wouldn't be a paraphrase, because that's what you, you know. And so I took all these shots at it, and I thought it was horrible. And then I've, uh, I've listened to other pastors. I've listened to Matt. I've listened to Rusty. I've listened to the guys at New Vintage uh, use it. And it really explains the Word of God very well. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what uh, Romans uh, 12 looks like here. Uh, so... Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take every day, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. 
that's a home run. You can, you know what, run the bases slow, tip your hat around third, you're, this is a big deal. This is a home run, yeah. You know, and leave that up there for just a second, Jane, because I just like it. Uh, let me uh, get my page here. Uh, at New Vintage, uh, Pastor Mark Leach, uh, the teacher there, uh, came up with this thing. Um, and Mark uh, has been very important. He's been a pivotal guy in uh, our relationship as a family, but especially in Rusty and mine as far as uh, the Word of God. He's really helped us with that, with clarity and things. But he came up with this thing where the purpose of New Vintage uh, is to know God and to make Him known. Super simple. Uh, know God, make Him known. I think that's what God's will is for us. Yeah. I think, uh, Jane, put that last one back up there for me. Uh, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Yeah. Don't become so well-adjusted in the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. If we can, if we know that the thing that he wants us to do is to know him and to make him known. What does that mean for us in our personal lives? Because now I'm back here again, little 13-year-old Dave trying to figure out how to get to 40-year-old uh, Dave. Uh, you should probably not eat so many donuts, dude. 13-year-old uh, had a little bit of wisdom. but uh, uh, So how am I going to get to that guy? So then I'm dating Jane. She's asking me questions. We get married. I start a job in a factory. Uh, I wind up uh, eventually becoming an electrician. The, the reason why I'm telling you this history story is to get to this part. God really, I'm not sure that he called me to the ministry as much as he called me to tell people about him. Because as an electrician, yeah, we're going to do this. As an electrician, here's the thing. Uh, if you guys haven't seen me speak before, um, when I feel God move, when, when God moves through me, when I see him move in the world, uh, when I stand next to something that's so much bigger than I am, it breaks me up. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I pre-planned tonight, I put a box of Kleenexes up here because the last time I spoke... I was sniffing the whole night, and I probably on the podcast. I probably sounded disgusting. Yeah, they're like, "What's the deal with that guy? Is he?" Uh, so, anyways, let's get my eyes clear so that I can read my notes. I'm going to tell you a story about uh, electrician Dave Sharon Jesus. Uh, this is whoa! Don't tip over. This is a story. Uh, you may want to go get a cup of coffee or something, Mom. There's where I'm going to talk about strippers. Okay, so just so that you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I know she knows me. Uh, <laughs> she's very polite. Uh, when I was doing a job on top of a. Um, Office Depot, and I love Mexican food. I am a freak for Mexican food. If 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 anybody, if you're going out to dinner with me and you don't have a restaurant, then we're going to Mexican. If you leave it up to me, so that's just the way it works. So I'm standing on top of this restaurant. Thank you. If somebody wanted to applaud, I'm standing on top of this uh, uh, Office Depot or whatever. I think it was an Office Depot, and I can smell Mexican food. And there's a Chili's in the parking lot, but I know that smell. That smell is not coming from Gordon Foods Chili. That smell is coming from somebody whose whole family works in this restaurant, and I want that food. And it's getting colder, and it's getting dark. No, this is a serious thing with me. And uh, we come down off the roof, and we're starting to leave, and Jake is with me. Jake, uh, I'm trying to, you got to know Jake. I'm trying to think how I can make Jake known to you. Uh, this is Jake. He, imagine work gloves in this. <laughs> okay, that's Jake. Uh, guy, I love Jake. He was hard-nosed, uh, ex-military, fantastic worker, but that was, that was his look. And Jake, Jake, because I knew something about Jesus, told everybody that I was a pastor. Because <laughs> I was the only pastor that he knew. It, I just wasn't a pastor. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to make it through this. Here we go. So, we come off the roof, we get downstairs, I'm loading the van, 
and I say to the girl behind the cash register, I'm like, I smell Mexican food in this parking lot, but I, all I see is the chilies. You gotta help me out. Was that, you know, is there some place that I need to know about? And they're like, oh yeah. Over in that building, uh, it's like a little strip mall off to the side of the parking lot. There's a restaurant in there, and that's the Mexican restaurant. We go over there on uh, Margarita Wednesday or whatever it is, and we drink the margaritas, and it's like, you know, it's really cheap, and the food's really good, so I'm like, cool, we're out of here. So <laughs> we go into the place, and there's the owner of the restaurant, and Jake and I, and that's it. And... Uh, I don't know if they're closing or what's happening because the place smells great, but there's nobody in there. So I'm like, uh, you guys open for a while? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, so I think this is somehow going to make me more legit. I'm like, yeah, the people at Office Max told me that you got good food. He says, he says, oh yeah, they come over here and drink the margaritas and they put the hat on, you know, and they do a little dance. And I'm like, oh great. They know each other, I guess. So maybe this does give me something else. And he says, yeah, you know, I said, well, this is a great place. You know, I'm surprised to see that it, uh, it's so empty. And he's like, oh, yes, you should have been here Sunday night. We had a bachelor party. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with uh, Wednesday. But, okay, cool, so they had a bachelor party. And he's like, yeah, we had dancing girls, and they sprayed whipped cream on themselves. And I'm like, okay. And Jake says, hey, uh, you may not want to tell that story to Dave. He's a pastor. And then Jake goes to the bathroom. Like, he drops this bomb on the guy, and he's looking at me, and I, you know, I look like, you know, I should be asking him if he's got a driver's license. And so I'm like, you know, it's okay, man. It's all right. It's okay. And he turns to me, and he sits down in the chair, and he says, yeah, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah. And he says, me and my wife, we've been having a hard time. And... We spend the next 10 minutes talking about his business and his wife and his grandmother that used to take him to church. And uh, Jake comes out of the bathroom. And Jake sees the two of us kind of sitting quiet at the table, heads down praying. And Jake doesn't know what to do. See so now every Mexican restaurant has the picture of the peppers that tell you how hot food can be. Jake all of a sudden got super interested in that picture. So here's Jake. So the guy gets up and he says, uh, I'll take care of you guys. Don't worry about it. And he leaves. And Jake's like, what just happened? I'm like, ah, oh, that was Jesus, Jake. You know, let's see. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't, you know, because he got up and he was kind of shook and he went back and he told his brother in the back, you know, and they're talking for a minute. They come out with this plate of peppers and uh, steak and it's just it's an incredible night and uh, the food was fantastic and he came back and sat with us while we ate and talked a little more about his grandmother and stuff and about, you know, wanting to go to church because he knows that he has to but then he doesn't want to leave because he's afraid of what he's going to have to give up in the business if he's going to the church. So we have a good talk there and Jake and I get in the van and I'm driving, you know, because I always get to drive. And I also always, if you're riding with me, please let me adjust the radio because I'm going to think bad about you if you don't. I'll just tell you the truth, you know. I, I trust, Scott, that you would pick good music, but I don't want to take the chance, you know. I don't want to put that stumbling block in our relationship. So anyways, so... So Jake and I are riding, and here's Jake riding. This is him in the car now. And he says, Jesus always shows up when you're around. And I don't think that's true. I think he's always there. It's just that sometimes you, us, as believers, get to show him off. He's always there. He wanted to talk to that guy. He just needed somebody to introduce that guy to him. So that's what that was about. It wasn't about the steak or the peppers, and God bless him for that food. It was fantastic. But he was struggling. He knew that the Lord was his answer. He just didn't know how to find him. And so God worked it out. His will in my life to know him and to make him know, God worked it out. So coming off that roof, I smelled that food. I talked to the office girl. They sent me over there. I got to listen to this little story about the stripper. Uh, it all worked out for Jesus. And the thing is, is that we we so badly, when we're, I'm 13-year-old Dave standing over here going, well, I don't want to give up the fun. I don't want to, you know, do these things. Man, 13-year-old Dave never saw this old guy 
getting that free steak and talking to this guy about him and having this story. I went back to a Baptist church that Jacqueline was part of with me and I told the story to the kids and youth group. I don't know, I can't stop talking, so maybe it was a good idea, maybe it wasn't. Uh, they invited us that morning, the church did, to come out and eat lunch with a senior, with an older class, because all we had at that time, all we hung around with was the teens, and so they were going to let us have lunch with the older people. And uh, we sit down, and uh, the guy that was running the show that day says, Hey, we've got a guest here. Dave and Jane are here. And Dave's got quite a story that he wants to tell us. So I'm like, okay, well, here we go, fellas. Let's, let's see. Uh, and then I got to talk to Deacons again, so that was cool. You know. Uh, so, having, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm not always that guy. There is a story in the Bible, I probably shouldn't say this, but there is a story where a donkey talks, and sometimes I think God has a great sense of humor about things. <laughs> he has put me in places where I had no idea, didn't see him coming at all, and he just shows up. There's times I've tried to go, well, I'll go to this hospital room, and I'll say this, and then if they say that, then I can say this, and then I'll lead them to talk about Jesus. And sometimes I'm just in a speedway, and uh, the girl talks about how she spells her name as different than everybody else. And she spelled her name Cheyenne, and it really wasn't different than everybody else, but it gave me a chance to talk to her for a few minutes. Uh, she, she had left her boyfriend that morning, so she was headed to Grand Rapids. Uh, it was in Kalamazoo. She wanted to get cigarettes and get out of there. And so we just got to talk for a few minutes. And uh, I'm not going to... Guys, it... It seems complicated. It's not. And let me tell you why. Uh, God wants us to do this. So is he going to make us do it all on our own, or is he going to give us some help? I think he's probably going to help us. Let's talk about Ephesians uh, 3.20. Can you put that up, Janie? This is a great picture. Okay. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is God the Father. This is God the Father who can do immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine. Now think about that for just a second because sometimes we read our Bibles and we don't think about what that actually means. He can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I have asked for some pretty big things. I have imagined for five times that. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of polite when I put things into words, but man, if you want to let me think about it, uh, that team that Rusty's skating for, or that Rusty's got the jersey for, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to skate for them. You know, I probably realistically that was never going to happen, but you know what? At least I got to skate, and it was fun. And he. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the hockey stories. He even used that uh, for his glory. But um, God the Father, the reason why he's got that title, God the Father, is because he loves you like a father. And I don't know what your life is. I don't know what your experience is with your dad. It could be bad or whatever. What you wish your dad was like, God actually is. Uh, he cares about you. He, he doesn't want you to go south on him. He waits for you. It's the father's love. It's the 13-year-old Dave over here. There's a lot of stuff that he took south uh, that that guy probably didn't need to know, uh, but eventually that guy used it for good. Uh, somehow, even if it was just to teach somebody something not to do. Uh, on the way, I had God correct me. He's corrected me on things. Uh, sometimes it was hard on me. Sometimes it was really pleasant. Uh, I got a... Yeah, we'll save that story. Uh, it doesn't always feel good when you're being corrected, but it feels really good when it's done. Uh, we, we had a conversation this week that was a little tough, and it's funny to me how going into a conversation, I know what the worst things are that I would want to hear, so I imagine those are the things that are going to be said. When the conversation got done, it was like, well, man, that... I don't even remember what we were worried about now. It was done. And sometimes it's just putting it out into the open. You can ask God, hey, you know what? I've got this thing that's coming, and I'm a little nervous about it. Help me out with this. That's not... 
he isn't up there playing chess with you. He's up there cheering for you. Yeah, you know, he wants us to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And if he wants to be known and wants us to know him, he wants to have a relationship with us, uh, more of a friendship. He's God the Father. He's, I don't want to make this, when I say friendship, I don't want to make this light because he's still God Almighty, creator of the heavens and earth. He's the God that we sang about in the first song that uh, when he breathed, he breathed life into the beings. Yeah. That's, he's not waiting around for Dave Vining to be his friend, but he will allow me to be his friend. Yeah. I want to talk about the Christ for a second. The, uh, one of the parts of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Christ real fast. Uh, Jane, Isaiah 48, 17. Oh, look at that. She's getting fast. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the ways that you should go. This is the guy that not only... Last week... Uh, i got to go back to my notes. I got ahead of myself. Last week, I want to quote Matt right on this, we learned that the Christ is his title. Uh, it means the anointed one. He's the Savior, the Redeemer. Through him, he provided salvation for all men. Yes. Uh, this is the Christ that we are going to celebrate his victory over death next week, yeah. next Sunday. That's a big deal. Uh, as a kid, I remember... Uh, <laughs> okay, Mom, I'm going to talk about your housekeeping now. I remember coming home from church Sunday nights. We had a lot of... Uh, the church that I went to as a kid was very much uh, Sunday mornings was joyful, Sunday nights was we're probably all going to hell. And so... Uh, as a little boy, uh, we would after after church. I would come home. We would eat uh, uh, little snacks and watch the Disney. Back when Disney was only uh, what was it, an hour or a half hour uh, show on Sunday nights. It was a super cool show. But little Dave uh, eating ring bologna and crackers, sitting there in his little chair. I remember I had this little chair. And on the bookshelf, there was a track. Uh, tracks in the old days, this little piece of paper, uh, you handed them out on street corners, stuck them in uh, bathrooms. Uh, people that didn't want a tip would put them down as a tip for the waitress. It tells about, yeah, that's a terrible thing. And if you're doing that, don't do that. Uh, and if you're listening to me on the podcast, don't do that. So... Um, I'm just telling you, it, just because Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays, it still doesn't make it okay to do it to everybody else. So, uh, there was this track sitting on the bookshelf at my house. So I've got Disney Channel here, uh, baloney here, and this track that shows the world splitting in half and catching on fire. Little Dave was afraid of God. You know, there was no way that I wanted to go through that. And I thought I did the prayer thing. I raised my hand. But I didn't know God the Father, didn't understand what Jesus Christ did for me. And I know the Spirit was trying to tell me, but I, man, I was clueless. And the only way that I got over those things was to get to know Him. Matt is a great teacher, but if Sunday night for two hours is all you're getting from God, you're going to miss. Right. It's just going to miss. You've got to do something on your own to dig it in. Because God has things for you that he wants to show you in this word that you can bring back and teach the rest of us. Don't cheat me on this, man. If, you, if you're sitting home and not doing it, do it and then bring it back and tell me about it because I might need to know it. Yeah. We're in this for all of us. Yeah. This is, that's the reason why they call this a church family is because it's actually supposed to feel like family. Yes. Okay, let's talk about the Spirit real quick. John 14. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make a home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Yeah, that's good. 
You heard me saying, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going away to the Father, for the Father is greater than I am. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. Okay, that's enough, Jane. Yep. <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit that came down the ladder off that rooftop with me. Uh, and I know it was my nose for Mexican food, but I think God gave me that love because it's just too good to be from Satan. Uh, the, there's things in your life, and I want you guys to do this for you, uh, for me. Do the homework. Uh, go home, and this week I want you to think about times uh, before you knew God that things happened, that he showed up and helped you. Um, I got a story. Mom's already heard this one, so I can tell this one. I'm full bravado. So, uh, 15 years old, I had a friend who turned 16 before I did, so he was super cool because he had this little wreck of a car that we'd ride all over, and for $3 a piece, we could do a whole Friday, Saturday night. So that was great. Lived in Wyoming, Michigan. You get on Byron Center Avenue in Wyoming, Michigan, and you head south, and that takes you to the Promised Land. Byron Center, Michigan, which has 75% blonde haired girls. Oh. <laughs> yep. And at that age, that's what we were looking for. So I'm like, yeah, let's, uh, we got our $3. Uh, we're going to put that in the gas tank and we're going to go for a ride to Byron Center, Michigan. And we've got something in the bank here because we're taking my friend Doug with us, who is Kelso from the 70s show. And uh, Doug is going to find girls, he's going to talk to them. He can only talk to so many, so that's going to give me some leftovers. So let's do this thing. So we're all excited. We're headed down there. Uh, we're headed south on Byron Center. I live Byron Center in 36. It's just starting to rain, and we're going to pick up a friend of mine that lives just a little further down 36 than I do. Uh, and Doug realizes that as we're going through the intersection, he makes a hard right. We slide the car all the way across, so now we're coming into the oncoming traffic in the far right lane. So he missed the turn by quite a bit. Uh, Doug, sorry if I'm talking to you about this, but you know that car was crazy, and you know that I didn't like it when you drove like that. So if you're listening to the podcast, buddy, one more time on you. Okay, so uh, I'm sitting there in the back seat, and I'm like, well, this is not right. So I get out of the car. I'm like, hey, you know what? I just got to thinking I should probably go home. Uh, you guys have a good night out there. I'll see you later. I hop the fence, and I, I know that I surprised Mom because I wasn't supposed to be home until a lot later, and I showed up at like 8.30, and that never happened on a Friday night. And she's like, why are you home so early? And I'm like, well, I just wanted to be home. Oh. Yeah. So sin leaves to lion and then lion to your mom. So that's a good day. Sorry about that. Uh, so, um, but you know, if you'd have made potato salad that day, I would have stayed home. So I'm just saying. But, uh, so Doug and the boys get in the car on Byron, and head out to Byron Center, and they pinwheel that thing three times in a cornfield. They went end over end. Uh, and the reason why I told you this whole story isn't because I made a great decision. It's because the Spirit of God said, there's something wrong here, you need to get out of this thing. And he helped me get out of the car, gave me an excuse, got me over the fence, and back into my house. Uh, it's not always something like that where you know you could have got killed it could just be you're making bad decisions but you know in your heart if you are a believer of God and you've got just a little bit that guy this kid here let's see uh, this was me at 13 so I'm probably about here now and there's Dave and so uh, he's I'll get you in a minute uh, this kid knew God he just wasn't that hip to following him because everybody that I saw that I was following God had white shirts and black ties and they were no fun at all. So I was kind of like, I'll see you guys in heaven. I want to get heaven. I just don't want to hang around with you because I didn't understand. It wasn't on them. It was on me. I did not understand that that life can actually be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the stories that I have, the things that I've seen done that God has just come through monstrously, um, 
that was exciting. I thought going to Byron Center in this wreck of a car was a crazy wild night. That was nothing compared to going up in somebody's uh, hospital room praying over them for cancer. Those things are God. Starting a church in the city of Grand Rapids that a public elementary school allowed you guys to go into and put on a party, a public elementary school. If we would have listened to the news, if we would have listened to Facebook, if we would have listened to other... I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Other Bible-believing churches, we would not have tried that. But God said, go. And you guys stepped up and said, send me. And so there was no choice. That happened. That was a real thing, guys. That's the stuff to get excited about. This summer, when we start meeting the neighbors again, this is the stuff that grows churches. It's the love of God through you that reaches them. And God the Father wants you to do it. He wants to be known. He wants you to know him. Enough, enough of a friendship that you'll talk about him. He wants you to realize what he did for you through his son, Jesus Christ, the death and resurrection, the teacher, the example that the Christ was. He wasn't just your savior. He was also your example. This is how you work this thing out. He, the lessons that he taught you... You know, sometimes we make it too... It's too homogenized. It's... uh it's so clean. Well, you know, the, Satan came to him and tempted him, and then he just, you know, knew the Bible, so he quoted the Bible, and then that's how Satan got it. had to go away. That's not it at all. Satan knew God. He was one of his angels uh, when the Christ was still in heaven before he came here. He knew what he would like. He knew what made him happy. He offered what would make him happy. He knew that the, Christ knew what was coming, the separation from the Father. He knew how much that would hurt him. So he offered him a deal. He just tried to talk to him. Matt told us about this last week. It was that voice that we should not listen to that comes to us and he doesn't say, you know, hey, turn on your family and ditch everything and then let's just do this and this will be great. It'll just be horrible and you'll wind up in a shallow grave. That's not what he does. But he comes along and he's like, hey, you know what? That raise at work, uh, you kind of deserve that promotion. And they gave it to that other guy. And you know what? Why do you work so hard? Yeah. Why do you work so hard? You know, the other guy didn't work as hard as you do. He makes mistakes and stuff. And you know what? They don't appreciate you. You know, you should just slack off, knock off a little early. It'll be okay. Those things don't make you go to hell, but those things affect the relationship that you have with other people. If, if I want to bring Jesus to the people that I work with, I don't get to go, wow, this sucks. I need to get past that. I need to stop thinking about Dave and start thinking about them. The Spirit will allow you to see people the way that God sees them. You just have to be, you have to ask Him to do that. And you have to get in your Word, and you have to talk to the Father. Uh, I would love to tell you that I've got this great organized prayer closet uh, in my house, and that I've, you know, I've got this closet that I go into, and I'm, it's my own personal time. My prayer closet, uh, my prayer closet, is a uh, uh, just a van that I drive uh, back and forth to yeah. job sites because yeah. I don't have, I can't ever, I don't have the discipline to, I don't have the discipline yet uh, to sit for 20 minutes and pray with God, but I have the discipline to talk to Him while I'm driving the van, yeah. you know, and so that's what we do. I'll listen to a podcast. Uh, I listen to this Joel Brooks that I talked about earlier. I listen to Joel preach his message. I listen to Matt's message because there's a lot of stuff that this young man brings to us every Sunday night. You're probably going to want to hear it a second time just to make sure that you got it all. Uh, it's worth it and it's gold, so you might as well pick it up. And you listen to it the second time. You listen to Joel. You listen to somebody, whoever your flavor is, whoever you want. I don't care who it is. I just want to encourage you to get to know God the Father. Yes. Okay? And I should put my glasses on because I'm certain that there's a fantastic closing coming, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh, That page is blank. Oh, no.
Yeah, so, no, I know where it's going. You like that? I, I love the fact that Adrian uh, still doesn't know me well enough to know that things are happening. You look back at Jacqueline, Jacqueline's like, yeah, I've seen this show before. Yep, yep, she knows. She knows what's going on, yeah. But you didn't do that when you mocked me, so, you know, I'm just saying, that guy, there. So, you, yeah, you were certainly not mocking because, yeah, you were too young. You weren't driving yet when you were, yeah, because you'd have mocked me if you would have been 18, but... Yeah, thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah, she is a very nice girl. Uh, she just had a great sense of humor. Tell you how nice Jacqueline was. I'm going to take a sidebar here real quick. Uh, Jacqueline is an artist. Uh, she knows a lot about art. I love art. Uh, I was trying. I, I think I took like three years of art one in high school. You know, how do you fail art? But no, I'm joking. But so I would get with Jacqueline and I'm like, yeah, I like uh, Michelangelo and I like, uh, you know, Van Gogh. And she was so nice. She's like, oh, yeah, they're really good. I think she was thinking, you know, there's a lot of history in the world that you're kind of missing there. And I think maybe she thought that I knew those guys. Maybe like they were my contemporaries or something. I don't know. But uh, she was very, she was very polite about it, you know, and I'm like, well, you painted that one building, you know. So, uh, but anyways, uh, back on this path, because, uh, man, I got short attention span running hard tonight. Uh, whatever this looks like for you, um, God really wants to love you. And he already really does. He shows up in your life every day, if you want him to or not. He shows up. Um, sometimes we just don't pay attention to him. We don't see him. On good days, I see him. On bad days, i got to wait a week before I look back and go, oh, that was God. He was there. Uh, he really wants that relationship. The Christ came and died for you. He was your example. He was raised again. He's conquered death. You want a part of that. You just do. You just want a part of that. Uh, if nothing else I said tonight, if you're like, yeah, the guy kind of rambled and the, you know, he talked about donuts. I don't even know if he's going to get back to the donuts. You know, it's, it's okay that you don't follow that. But what I want you to take home is that God the Father loves you. Jesus Christ was your Savior and your example. And the Holy Spirit, because we can't do this on our own, the Holy Spirit works fantastic in letting us know what it is that God the Father wants. We don't have to do this on our own. This is not a hard thing. And I think that's where I want you to get to understand is what I'm talking about when I asked who wants to know what the will of God is for their life. The will of God, I believe the major will of God is he wants to be known by you and he wants you to help make him known to the world. Whatever that looks like, if you are an electrician, if you're a weightlifter, if you, if you do play hockey, God, God bless you. Uh, whatever you do, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, Indian chief, I don't know, that was something from my childhood. Uh, if you, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you enjoy, somehow God can use that to make him known. There's people that you'll know, there's people that every one of you will talk to, there's people that every one of you have relationships with that I'll never meet. I'll never talk to them. I'll never, I won't even see them probably in the world. But you have an opportunity. Use that opportunity. When you feel something tapping on your shoulder, when you feel uh, the Spirit of God saying, hey, you know what? This conversation could go my way. I'm not saying, please don't. Please, please don't. Uh, ever go in with a preconceived notion that if I say this, then he'll say that, then I can turn that into Jesus. Uh, just let love uh, yeah. turn that into Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the guy can be telling you about strippers in a restaurant, and that can turn into Jesus. Yeah, it's just what happens. It's what God loves those stories. I know he does. He's creative, man. Look at us. Look at snowflakes. He didn't make two the same. He loves creative stuff. He loves you. He wants you to have abundantly more than you can hope or imagine. Yeah. And by doing that is he's allowing you to take the thing that's your passion and turn that somehow into his glory. Yeah. That's it. And if you're doing something you're like, well, I don't know who, you know, I don't know if this is God or if this is just me wanting to do this. Ask yourself at the end of the story who's going to get the glory for it. Yeah. If it's going to be you, 
uh, just bag that or change directions in the middle uh, it's great I love those stories too if you're doing it and you're going I don't know how this is going to turn out this is rough I don't know what's going to happen but I know that somehow God's going to get the glory for this in the end man push down push down hard yeah. remember what Joel told us if he called you to do something and didn't show you all the things that you were going to have to bump into he did that out of grace that was love so that you wouldn't know the battle that you were going to have in front of you uh, I don't even remember how we were going to finish this thing. Ban, come on up! Ban, come on down here! Would you guys make some noise for uh, Dave Vining one time? Would you stand to your feet? We're going to go into worship one more time and just for a moment. Dave, you are incredible. You're such a legend. And uh, I feel like every time you preach, you're a, you're a coach coming into a locker room, getting a team ready to go and win a game, going to win a match. And uh, God, I, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And I'm grateful for the example of Jesus that you are to me. And so I just thank you so much for that fabulous word that you brought. And church, I want to encourage you with this as we get ready to close, as we get ready to go into So Will I. We're going to sing the song one more time because... If we're talking about God's will for our life, is there a better song to sing? Is there a better word to lift up? Is there something to get loud about more worthy than following God and saying, so will I? Because what Dave was talking about tonight as far as, I love that what a brilliant and just very simple point, but I love the simple gospel of Jesus is that he is always there and he is waiting for you to introduce him to somebody. And so in this song it says, you gave your life to love them, so will I. That's what that looks like in a very practical moment. That's what that looks like in your everyday life. You gave your life to love them, so will I. I could be in a conversation at a Mexican restaurant. I could be in a conversation at Meyer. I could be in a conversation at work. I could be in a heated debate with a family member. But if you gave yourself to love them, so will I. And that means that I will step out of the way. I will bow my knee. I will submit myself to Jesus Christ and what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I will love you in this moment, in this conversation. And church, I got to tell you tonight too. You or I, you and I are the byproduct of somebody saying, if you gave their life to love them, so will I. You're in this church tonight because somebody gave that to God and said, if you gave your life to love them, so will I. If you came here tonight and you were lied to and that they got you to church saying, hey, there's going to be free food. There's just people to get together. There's good music. Come hang out. That's them saying to God, you gave your life to love them, so will I. And so when we lift up this song tonight, I really want us to get this conviction deep in our bones tonight that there is no other conversation that is worth of entertaining in our souls tonight in our week ahead of us other than if you gave your life to love them so will I is that not good news church has God given his life so that you can as well are you excited about the message of Jesus yeah.